Listening Dog Media. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The Rugby Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. Hi and welcome to Rocket with me, Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. And later on in the show, we'll be speaking to Eddie Hall, uh, the legend as he is, uh, world's strongest man. And of course, Sean Edwards, the legendary Welsh coach now coaching in France. But to finish off the show with a bit of music, we'll have the Scottish legend, Kelly Brown. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. Oh, well, it's great to be back on Rookit. So, uh, same old, same old, a week later. Nick, you, you look like you've lost a few pounds this week. I reckon you've been out walking. You're looking good, mate. You're looking fresh and you're in a different part of your, uh, in the east wing, it looks like. You haven't got the pictures behind you anymore and I'm in my, my west wing. But how's lockdown this week for you? Is it all right? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, regards the comment on the weight loss, it's probably more a case of I've gone up to the boozer at the wrong time to uh, get the supplies in. I've been up to, <laughs> up to the local wine shop, which is usually open, well, before lockdown sort of late in the evening and uh, I've left it late in the day so I suppose uh, it's accidental um, accidentally off the alcohol really I can't, even, can't even get your words out are you drinking at the moment is what's in that cup <laughs> what does it look like mate well uh, yeah a bit of tea but listen I, I just on the lockdown thing and we'll, we'll lot to talk about in rugby with Billy Bowman being uh, appointed and uh, we're going to pick our, our best England 15 we played with and, and, and let subscribers decide whether we pick, pick the right team. But one thing on the etiquette, right, on lockdown, okay? Now, one thing that really pisses me off, I don't know what you're like, you'd be out walking with the wife, maybe not with the wife, with the kid, is when runners come along and they're just, or bikes come along, they yeah. run past and you sort of go to the side and they don't say thank you. That really pisses me off. I want to chase after them and say... Yeah, but mate, have you, have, you been, have you been for a run recently? Every day, mate. Yeah, no, mate, it's hard work, mate. When you're 18 stone, it's hard work. When I'm running, I think exactly the same. I think, you know, the runners have got to move out of the way. Of course they have, because they can, they're approaching quickly. They approach you from behind, whatever it is. That's well, they're it. not saying, no, it's not that. But, it's when, but, they, mate, when they they're can't, walking. Mate, you, mate, you, there's no chance to say thank you, mate. It's hard enough trying to complete a run. Well, I find it hard enough to try and complete a run without turning around and waving my hand and saying thank you and wasting breath doing nah, that. No, the problem is but when mate, you're running, etiquette, it looks like you're walking. Keeping, mate, the etiquette is keeping the social distance. That's enough. No, 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 no. Listen, okay. All right, I'm going to rephrase it. Okay, so this is what annoys me. So... We went out into the woods with the, with the family, went for a nice 5K walk, and you pull in a good 30 metres, you, you go to the side and you let them pass. So another walking family, and you're standing there for, let's say, 25 seconds, and they walk past and they don't say thank you. So I've got... Oh, yeah, walkers. So, and I've now said I've now started to wind up so when they go back and don't say thank you I say you're welcome so that's my mate you are a grumpy old gear aren't you mate you, oh, no, you come are, on. Grumpy. You, you are becoming a grumpy mate you're nearly 50 as well aren't you you're nearly 50 I am yeah. are you close I'll tell you I'll tell you why I've done this week actually I've completed 2,000 piece jigsaws for mental stimulation how long did it take therapy. you well, a week to do two, so work it out, mate. Well, that's, good. That's, pretty, that's pretty impressive because on, on the box it says two to four years. <laughs> that is just awful, awful. Oh, come on, that's good. That you like that? Tough work, though, mate. I tell you, it's tough work. That. Oh, you get stuck. My God, it's hard. The missus doesn't want to part in it, obviously. What is boy, it? What's, what's the, uh, what is it of? 
One one was the Christmas one, so a bit a bit uh, out of season. Another one was a space traveller one, but uh, I'm colour blind, mate, so I'm screwed. Shut up. So I'm colour blind. So I'm, I'm looking at these people. <laughs> going, is that purple? Is that blue? Is that green? Is that red? Trying to have a look at them. Trying to place them. I just have to put them in the shade. Uh, you know, I just look at the shade basically. I don't oh. try and. Uh, I don't try and discern the colour of it. Or does your little like boy? Does your little boy come over and start whacking it all around the place? Well, mate, that, that's the thing. It's 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 high up on a flat table, so well away from him, because that would that would really have done my nutting. I was quite proud of that achievement, actually. To be Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter, the brand new rugby podcast. Let's t- let's talk about uh, let's talk about rugby. So, Bill Bowman as expected, has been uh, appointed chairman of World Rugby and P-Shot had a, it was quite close in the end, 28 votes to 23. I did think it was going to be a whitewash, but I think with Bernard Laporte on his side, I think there's probably no chance that P-Shot was going to get a win, but it, it, it's shaking everything up. But there's a, there's a lot. It was actually, it was, I know it was 20, was it 28-23? Yeah. It was actually just one vote because the, the tier one, if you like, European nations carry three votes. Right, yeah. It's a very strange way of doing it, to be honest. Not everyone yeah. is of equal standing, but they carry three votes. So if one of those, say if it was Wales, I don't know, but say if Wales had voted the other way, it would have been 26-25 in, in Pishop's favour. Wow. So it, wow. Was, it, it was a tight call. It, he's got, and, and I don't know whether you've been reading any of the press, but interesting, we've talked, haven't we, in the last three or four weeks about changes in the game, and um, it's, it's, it's quite nice to hear some of the actual players come out. Mike Brown and Joe March from Harlequins have turned around and said, the game is really boring. And uh, later on in the programme, we'll be speaking to Sean Edwards and maybe defence coaches have, have made it that way. Maybe there haven't been enough changes in the rules to make it a bit more open. And we've talked about substitutes coming on. But I think the biggest question is, is, um, is there going to be a reduction in the salary cap? Is there going to be fewer games? A lot of the players, Tom Wood came out and said, I'd love to have fewer games, more important games, which you and I have talked about. You know, trying to slice the cake uh, with CVC, with the clubs, with the unions. I just, I'm just not sure what Bill Bowman can do. You know, I don't, I don't know how you, how you change it. Yeah, I'm not sure what power there is. There's also, it's been mooted, isn't it? Uh, um, and I think he's been on a video conference as well through the media about trying to start this global nations uh, yeah. uh, and try and make it a global season and run the summer tours and the autumn internationals concurrently run the rugby championship concurrently with the six nations leaving the six nations as it is now in February yeah. and March. He doesn't want to move that. But as you say, mate, unfortunately there's too many people with their fingers in the pie or in the cake who aren't willing to concede ground. And I'm not sure how much power world rugby has to be able to make those changes. I, th- I think the critical thing is, it's an international game, Brex. The yeah. money's in the international game. We mustn't forget yeah. that. We've got to get that right. You know, I said this before on here. Why do we need changes? Why is rugby always discussing ways of changing the game? It irritates me, mate. It really does. It pisses me off, to be honest with you. Every single... Why can't you leave well alone? How many changes have happened in American football, right? You you watch all those America's game stuff, you know, since the Vince Lombardi days and everything. How many changes yeah. have been made in American football? How many changes have been made in baseball? How many changes have been made in football? How many changes have been made in cricket? All the other sports, you know, little rule changes here and there, okay, to keep up to date or to speed it up slightly. Rugby are always talking about changes, always talking about it, whether it be you know, changes to the laws, which make it harder to officiate, which make it harder for players 
players to, to develop, which also changes yeah. the sort of makeup of a squad. They try and change the, the you know, they're talking about the global calendar for years. I've spoken about it. I don't believe in a global calendar because I think you're inspiring the younger generation. And what, what would your what would your what would your boys what would your boys and girls do? Okay, if there was no rugby during their rugby season at school, they wouldn't be inspired by anything. They'd probably not play rugby. And therefore, later down the line, you might get this oh wonderful professional game that you, you think you're going to create, but actually you're not going to get the next generation of players coming through i think you should leave it leave it as it is obviously there's got to be less games we've spoken about this before and making the big games less because yeah, if, you, yeah. if you say over a season you play you know over two seasons so I don't, let's just take maru itoji right or owen farrell they would have played okay so let, let's forget about covid19 they would have played a world cup 2019 they would have played big Heineken cup games they would have played a six nations they would have played more Heineken Cup games, more big premiership games. They would have gone on tour. They would have played autumn internationals. They would have come around and played another Heineken Cup, uh, another Six Nations, big games around the corner all the time, British Lions Tour. British Lions Tour, not even two years since the World Cup, plus yeah. two Six Nations, plus Heineken Cup knockout games, big fixtures in that competition, big fixtures in the premiership, yeah. big international games as well outside of those two comps. And you think, yeah. where does it end? You know, yeah. How can you possibly well, yeah. get these guys from a mental and physical point of view into shape and all so the hype surrounding it in terms of the interest in the general public i think you're right i think um i think you're a you're a real purist when it comes to rugby i think me being a back and maybe it has come from mike brown and joe march and saying rugby's a bit boring but i do think i do think you're right to some extent i, I was interested to hear what rob baxter said from exeter the coach and he's like well why do you want to change this beautiful game because what they're trying to do is they're trying to undermine the scrum and undermine them all, which is probably Exeter's, you know, DNA, and that's how they sort of dominate matches. And in a way, I suppose me being a back, I'm in favour of these changes because I want to see the game open up. But as Rob Baxter said, well, that's just a bit unfair on the bigger guys. I think where we're, what we're talking about to some extent, really. He, did, he didn't say that. He said, actually, I, read, I know exactly what you're talking about. He said you're going to get more hybrid players, which actually means there'll be less space for you. So... I will take uh, a legend player at Harlequins as an example, right? Um, you might have watched him play, you might not have, but he was absolutely critical at the time we were w winning trophies. Ollie Cohn was 22 stone, a big lump, therefore yeah. the scrums and balls. Wouldn't be wouldn't be a probably, you know, he's, he's a good mate of mine. Arguably, would, would he be a premiership starter now, given the athleticism required in both lock forwards? You know, they need to be a back yeah. row, they need to be a line-out jumper, they need to mix it in the scrums and malls. Depowering the scrum and mall means you take those players away because their value is no longer as important. Now, yeah. if you take those players away from you, right, a running nine or a nine yeah. that likes to look for gaps later on in the game or exposing those big lumps, that actually opens the game up for you. So you get a more balanced game, exactly what rugby was created for, all shapes and sizes, by depowering what he's saying by depowering Maul and Scrum, and I agree with him, you actually don't create a game for shapes and sizes. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. That is why I think Joe March yeah. and Mike Brown are saying it's boring. <laughs> because actually, in terms of ball in hand and phases and yeah. the, the, you know, the, the sort of philosophy to run the ball, it's never been bigger. And so what you're, saying, what you're, what you're what saying in a way... Is it's less and less of the mismatches. It's rugby yeah. league, rugby league, rugby league. What you're saying then is that it becomes more of an emphasis on the hybrid player 
which then, like you say, they're fitter and they're more able to mark the space, which may end up being even, an even more boring game. Is that what you're saying to some extent? But well, that's, what it's, that's what it's becoming, isn't it? So you, you yeah. get front five forwards that are able to mark, you know, pretty quick backs for most yeah. of the game because they are that athletic. And the other elements of the game, where in previous generations or decades yeah. you might have seen bigger guys there or less mobile guys, but my God, when it came to that area of the game, I the mall or yeah. scrum, they they were worth their weight in gold, have been yeah. taken away. Yeah, I can get I get that to some extent, but I think what we were talking about in a way is we were talking about the substitutes coming on and like well, you that, know, having well, that's such another an thing that will help will help the situation as well, which we've spoken about and people yeah. know about as well. So if you put those two, if you if you bring back the mall and the scrum, if you limit it to three substitutes, I think was what we said. So yeah, yeah. bench three yeah. subs, you can use three or four or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Then that I don't think takes too much to change. In no. terms of bringing that rule, uh, to be honest, I don't think it makes too much change. You say, right, actually, we're putting an emphasis on scrum and wall, right? That can be changed very quickly. Okay, yeah. you can only use three subs. I mean, you yeah. don't have to move around global calendars. You don't have to start dealing with CVC and all the stakeholders. Yeah. Just, no, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think it would be interesting. And I, th- I think, like, like when we talk about the game might open up, I think if you had three subs, I think that would be pretty good because you're always probably going to keep a front row on there. You'd always want a fly half, maybe a scrum half or a hybrid. But actually, I do think that it, it, the game will open up in the last 20 minutes more than it, it should. But I think I think the problem is in the last 10 years is there's been an emphasis on defence. You know, get your defence right. That's the number one priority, certainly towards the end of my career, where when I started, we didn't, have, we didn't spend one minute on defence. It was all about attack. But I think yeah, Kev- but when you played, right, we had this discussion before because there's been a lot of replayed games. <laughs> it never went beyond three rucks. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it makes me laugh because uh, I think it was it was a 91 quarter final. France, against France, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a cracking game at the time, I remember. You can only you can only live in that moment, can't you? And you yeah. sort of laugh about things afterwards. But they're, they're talking about the scrum. I mean, how much longer it takes now to set up than them. Of course it yeah. does. Because yeah. all the forwards so, went to the first two rucks, so and then there was a knock-on, or it was it was unplayable. Then it was a scrum, yeah. so all the forwards were there ready. They weren't even knackered because literally they yeah. got up the last set piece or when, when the game yeah. started. Now it's thirty phases. But it was really violent. It was so violent. Do you know what? Do you know what? Talking about rule changes, I remember. I, 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 listen, I I started in the Premiership way back in nineteen ninety one, ninety two. Well, it was called it was called the Courage League, right? So. Basically, if you're kicking for touch, you were allowed bring you were allowed tee the ball up on the floor, right? Tee it up like you're kicking for goal, <laughs> and you're allowed kick for touch. <laughs> so, can you imagine? You get like on the halfway line, you've got you got because they didn't punt at those t- at those days. They were spiral kick, or you could put it, you could place it in the ground like you're going for goal, and you could kick for touch. That's how far back I go, and I think they've got outlawed. But you're right. I mean. Careful what you wish for, you know. They're, they're they're tinkering with changes in, you know, in football and 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 in a way we do you all. Think, we Brax, Brax, give give your you know I've given my opinion quite strongly, but you know you're I think you're in favour of the global game, aren't you? Bring it all together. I think. Or have I changed your mind now? No, I, I, I'm not massive fan of the global calendar. I know that um, you know the jewel and the crown really is um, you know is the Six Nations at the time that it's on. I can see that um, there's movers and shakers to try and get South Africa involved, to try and to try and make it more global. But I I agree with you. I, I listen. I think 
I think we have we have a lot more to lose than they have to gain, if that makes sense, to some extent. I think, though, we could remodel the Autumn Internationals and the Summer Tours to make it a little bit better. But I do think there's some sense in less is more. And I think less is more being less club games, but more important club games, you know. So that's where I think the change needs to be. But I think from the European point of view, I think... I don't know what I don't know what you think about um, you know South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, um, and Argentina. Actually, I don't I don't even think that they're filling the stadiums nowadays for those big games. <clears throat> so I think we've got a lot more to lose that, than spreading what we have. But at the same time, I think it's I think it's on the cards. I think it's going to happen. I think CVC, you know, they're about the money. They want it all to happen. They want to create something that's not there at the moment. But I think we've got a lot more to lose. So I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to say I'm not really in favour of it at the moment, but I could be changed. I think what needs to happen, though, is um, they're, they're, because if you look at the voting and the few few have come out, New Zealand Rugby Union's come out, haven't they? And they didn't vote for Bill Beaumont. And they said, well, because he's been in for four years and there's been absolutely no, you know, not a fair revenue share, as was promised yeah. or, or spoken about previously um, between the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. And... Uh, you know they've got to watch out because look you know I know our game obviously the game's not in great health at the moment but forget about that but I know our game is healthier up here than it is down there but yeah. we have a duty and certainly world rugby do to look after the game down there because ultimately you know they've still got the best two sides um you know on from a consistency point of view yeah and, and those two going, so those yeah. two sides live and breathe rugby you want to bring you know you've got the most natural rugby athletes down there in the Fijians the Samoans the Tongans all the South Sea Islanders Japan have now come to the table as well I know they're not Southern Hemisphere but um and I, th- I think that's one thing world rugby really really do need to 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 sort out with you know, whoever it be, you know, the Six Nations Committee or whoever it Would might be. Would you bring but... South Africa into the Six Nations? <laughs> no, 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 I wouldn't because I, I go back to it again in terms of it being in seasons. The South African winter runs in line with the Argentinian and the New Zealand Australian one. And yeah. they have their own competition there. It's just unlucky that time zone wise, you know, they're, they're, they're caught there. Um, and, you know, it's, it's always sort of, and I know you say, well, I'm a sticker for the old school and a purist, but, why do we have to change it? You know, it's always been exciting whenever we tour the Southern Hemisphere. It's always been exciting because Australia and New Zealand play a similar brand of rugby. South Africa brings something different. Argentina yeah. brings something different. So it yeah, makes yeah, that yeah. tournament, and the, whether it be the Super Rugby and the franchises or, or the countries, interesting because it flavour. We've got that here with, you know, the home nations in France and Italy um, coming through. And, you know, you've got the likes of Georgia pushing through as well and South Africa coming to the table. You know, I know it makes sense in a lot of ways, but actually I just don't think, I think it's actually making it a much more, it's it's making it a little bit more closed, like a little cartel of sort of, right, just European rugby with South Africa involved and you're sort of shutting out the rest of the world. Well, I do think I do think the global calendar is like you say, you know, trying to make things more equitable. I think at some stage something's going to be done, isn't it? Something's going to be voted on, but probably in the not in the next twelve months because we've all got to find out what what the hell COVID nineteen means for the unions as it stands because they're uh, you know all pretty much broke. I don't think I don't think. What do you think? So England play New Zealand, uh, they play Australia, Argentina. I think Tonga in November, but. Do you think, um, it doesn't sound like, well, I, there's going to be no crowd there, and I'm not sure there's much TV money in it, is there? Yeah, well, we don't know what's happening, whether it's going to be uh, 
behind closed doors or not. Um, I, I think what rugby really needs, though, to take off, uh, it's it's in a tricky situation. Is it, it needs commercialising, needs proper commercialisation to actually bring the value up, um, and you know that will obviously help in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere massively. Uh, yeah. The issue, the issue you've got, and CVC are in it, mate. They, they, they want to make money out of it, and they've only got a thirteen percent share, from what we know. So I'm yeah. not sure, you know, how much sort of pulling power they have at the moment. They're probably sort of tearing their hair out about how it's run. Yeah. Um, but for them to commercialise and make as much money, mate, they want it, you know, pay per view, don't they? They want it sort of behind a paywall, if you like, and subscribers and. Rugby, I just don't think rugby's big enough to get the viewers. You know, BT probably get, I don't know, what do they get? 50 to 100,000 watching 200, you know, the prem, 200, Premiership 200, games. 200,000. And, you, and you, can, you compare that to when, and I'm not talking about World Cup or Six Nations when it's on free to air. I'm talking about when they've done a few games on Channel 4, Channel 5, I think, concurrently, or, you know, a few Premiership games. The viewing figures, I don't know the number, but they are. What obviously, as you'd imagine, being on free to air, streets and streets, and you know, over 20, 20, 30 times larger. Yeah. And I think rugby has just got to understand that it's not as big as it thinks it is. Yeah. Um, and it, that's so, why, well, yeah. for, in this country, forget about globally, in this country, yeah. and then once you get those players out there, as we've spoken about before, the World Cup, you know, your Itoshis, your Aaron Farrells, your Sinclairs, all of those guys, you know, these are poster boys, guys that can be used in the communities and commercially like massively, massively compared to yeah. other sports in this country. And it's, they're, they're not getting the profile on commercialisation, I think, partly because of that. The brand new rugby podcast, Rocket, with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. We've now got on the line world strongest man, Eddie Hall. Eddie, how are you, mate? Yeah, how are you doing? I, I, I forgot we were meant to have this call. Joe, Joe uh, worded me up. <laughs> it's great to have you on Rocket, by the way. Um, hey, brilliant to have you on Rocket, former world's strongest man. I see yeah, that uh, you've not you've not had a problem anyway with excess hair growth. You know, you sort of uh, you got your mohi. Is that a Mohican there, or is that a little sort of tintin? It's uh, well, it's a tintin at the minute, but it's meant to be a Mohican. Yeah, how have you been, mate? Anyway, how have you been coping? Yeah, good, man. Not too bad. I'm I'm, I'm just in me just in the middle of workout right now. I'm just. Every day, just four or five hours a day, just training. That's it. That's, hey, let's have a look. Wow. Mate, we've got to have a look. We've got to have a look at the gym you got there. Yeah. No, it's not. It's nothing special. It's all been uh, built as we spoke. Speed oh moving. wow! But um, I've got pretty much everything I need: boxing bags, all the leg machines, row machines, treadmills, bikes, dumbbells up to sixty kilos. I don't think I can lift anything in there. Yeah, nothing in there, mate. <laughs> you, mate you probably yeah. can push open the door, Brax. <laughs> uh, yeah. Eddie, have you have you have you got that? Have you got five hundred and one kilos in there? <laughs> I, I read the news this morning, mate. I was so disappointed. You're going to have to come out of retirement now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'm retirement. not bothered, man. I mean, for, for who broke the who broke the five hundred one in his home gym. Um, in my eyes, I don't see it as an official world record. He's just skeptical, a home gym right? hero for me. Skeptical, yeah. It's it's not even the skeptical. It's just it's just the way the international deadlift should be set, you know. And for a man to set his own standards at his own his own pace, his own gym, everything else, it, it, everyone can make their own sort of judgment on that. But for me personally, and for the sport, a strong man, and for sport itself, it's not right. And every, everyone deep down knows that. You know, you can't. There's been a, a, a case of a guy running a marathon under, under two hours recently. First man to break a two-hour marathon. They're not classing it as an official 
under two hour marathon because it wasn't done against other people. It wasn't exactly. it's, it's like running a hundred meters by yourself with it's uh, like, official it's like timings saying, and everything yeah. and getting nine and a half seconds and saying, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. You saying Bolt was rumored to have run, you know, quicker than his world record in training, but he's never going to say, you know, oh, I've got a referee here. Let's do it to my home track. And it's just yeah. ridiculous. But you know, you could go on and on. I'll leave that there. Home Eddie, Eddie, that's what I'm calling for right now. Can I, can I, Eddie, on the rocket last week, uh, we 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 picked a uh, we picked a. Uh, oh, I love it. His boys coming in. Are they st- <laughs> are they strong as well? Are they like you? Are they anything like the old man? He's a big wide. Yeah, Max, come here, mate. Come say hello. Yeah, come and say hello, Max. Oh wow! Look at you. <laughs> what are you uh, what you, what are you lifting today, Maxi? <laughs> he's straight in it. Look, he's going. Max, what are you lifting? Says nothing, but he will. Oh. What's Eddie, his exercise? What's his exercise? A squat. No, he just, he just does little bits of everything. He likes keeping active now and again. He doesn't take it too seriously. He's more interested in his fortnight, aren't you, mate? Uh, we're all the same. No, my kids, listen, Eddie, um, Eddie we picked we picked um, uh, a, a rugby team based on other sports, okay? And yes. uh, you came in at tight, Ed. Uh, that was selected by Nick Easter or whatever. But I, I announced the team to my kids. I've got three boys. They yeah. recognised no one like Steve Backley, Linford Christie, and then your name, Eddie Hall. They're like, oh, Eddie Hall, I love Eddie Hall. So you're the only one they recognised. So well, were you ever close to playing rugby? Because, wow, you could have been a great tight, Ed. Um, I was, yeah. And, and I, I dabbled a little bit when I was like 14, 15. My brother actually was a professional rugby player. He played for um, Newcastle Falcons and he, he moved to Wigan, then Bristol. Um, you know, and he, he nearly sort of played it, it, for England. James, James, is that your brother? Yeah, that's it. James no, I, Paul, I, did, yeah. I did a coaching course with him. Yeah, he was at Bristol about three years ago or something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah you know, I, obviously, you know, the, the genetics and power were there. I just, I just chose a different path. No, mate, and very successful with it as well. Um, you, I mean, I remember seeing that documentary after he won World's Strongest Man in 2017. It was fascinating. It was brilliant as well. Um, but you were quite clear that once you'd won it, that was it. Hmm. I'm correct in saying that, am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was my, uh, that was that my was your goal. That was it. That was your aim. Um, and part of the reasons for that was you were talking about from your health point of view because it takes so much out of you and it requires so much um, strain or, you know, certain nutrition that you probably wouldn't take in everyday life um, uh, to such excesses that it puts a strain on your body. Is, is, that, yeah. is that true? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm six foot three and believe it or not, that's class is quite small and strong man. And when you're going up against guys that are closer to seven foot, you've wow. got to be the same size as them to beat them. So, you know, I was, I was 32 stone when I won the world's strongest man. And for a six yeah. foot three man, that's that's not healthy. So, I mean, that that wasn't the actual reason, you know. Uh, my my game plan was always to win it once and walk away. It just happened to be, you know, the year of one. I was just on the limit, I think, and yeah. it was yeah. it was a blessing in disguise winning that title because, you know, walking away was one of the best things I did in my life. That's brilliant. And how much do you weigh now? <laughs> to, to be honest, um, you're not looking you're not looking shut, uh, under twenty. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I'm about 27 stone, maybe a little bit over right now. Wow. Uh, but a good set of abs with it. Is that with the <laughs> stone you've got there as well? Is that what? Is that, yeah, it's a weight vest. Yeah. It's a weight vest as well, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Brax, you, you would have... It, see, we were discussing... It's wearing a weight vest. It's rugby. wearing a weight vest as what? We were discussing rule changes to rugby before, and obviously, yeah. you know, how it is a sort of game for all shapes and sizes. Brax, 
Tell me how you think you would have taken Eddie on. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, yeah, sure. you know what? Oh, careful what I say. I was going to say run through his legs, but I don't know how uh, well endowed he, was, uh, he is. <laughs> but, um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> but I tell you what, um, I would it's not stick, like it's sticky in the eye, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> listen, it'd be like, I listen, if I had to face him, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. Do you know what? This is really interesting. Some of the most, the fastest players on the pitch when I was playing professionally were the front row, only over five yards. I reckon the, the, the props sometimes could beat the wingers over five yards. So I'm not sure I could run, run around you, but I just make sure it's an 80 minute game and I just keep, after a while, <laughs> after a while, I think you tire out. Ward, are you, yeah. you going to go into WWE or anything like that? I mean, what's what? What are you up to now? You're surely doing films and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, there's. I mean, all the films is on the card. I'm, I'm actually. Um, I've just signed a contract to fight for uh, the mountain from Game of Thrones. So that's oh, going ahead God. in September 2021. Um, a Las Vegas um, match. Or uh, MMA? No boxing. And, and oh, boxing, this is. Yeah. Oh my god! You know, I signed the contract, and this is my full-time job now. As far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm training. I'm going to put everything I can into knocking that fucking prick's head off. <laughs> you got the motivation, oh mate. Mate, have you, got a couple of, have you got a couple of spare tickets? You reckon that you'll remember yeah. by the time that yeah. on? I'd love to see that. Oh, me, me and you are going for that, Nick. We're, we're flying over for that. <laughs> we, mate, we'll be the undercard. If they need an undercard, we'll just be the joke undercard. It's absolutely yeah, fine. sure. Just, thanks for your time you've been brilliant can't wait for the fight and um, good luck that's with everything that's fascinating yeah thanks very much Eddie pleasure to speak to you thank you guys been a pleasure take care of yourself your workout cheers bye. mate thank you bye 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 Rocket Kieran Bracken Nick Easter the brand new rugby podcast so it would be good I think it would be a good time now we, uh, we, we should review how our teams went against each other so I, I believe you won the Animal 15 <laughs> And I'm, I'm trying to think back at my teams and your teams, but I think what swung it was the genius selection on the blind side of the polar Blair. That was that was outstanding. So I think I think that was I think I think the eagle was a poor choice at fullback because we'd always grub a kick through. But I thought the polar bear probably swung it. Having said that, though, I won the Lions 15, and I think possibly because I had Finn Russell at 10. Um, I don't know what the public thought. <laughs> Um, but um, but I thought it'd be good a good opportunity. You and I are discussing sort of you know what would be quite interesting for the public and the subscribers and listeners as to what they'd be want to know from us. Now the, the good thing is I played for England from '93 to 2003, so I spanned the amateur era uh, all the way through to the professional era and, and and played in the World Cup obviously in 2003. But I played in '95 World Cup when we were amateurs. So I thought it'd be good if we both picked our uh, sort of best players that we ever played with, um, but then we we ended up combining our teams to see which would make uh, the ultimate fifteen, and then we'd ask the public to see if they two things whether they thought um, it was a like whose side maybe was stronger, yours or eyes, or with the combined team who would they change, uh, maybe two players that they might change from around the world uh, within that team. We'll reel off our teams, yeah. and then I'd imagine it'd be pretty much a crossover um, of quite a few players, and then we're going to discuss it as if we're selectors. Okay, and the merits um, uh, of certain players and how they fit into the rest of the team as well. Okay. So 
Well, let's 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 do our, let's, let's do my pack then, um, and I, and then you can do. Oh, actually, no, because you're a forward. Let, let me hear your pack and then do my pack, and then we'll have a selection meeting on that. Okay, so let's see your pack. I've gone. Although I did play with Lowell, as I said, you know he was he was past his best then. Legend, yeah, legend. I know you mean. Best yeah. he was past his best. So I've gone, so gone with Billy. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy Vinopola. Okay, Billy, uh, yeah. eight. Um, interesting selection at flank. I've gone with at seven. I have gone with Mudos. Oh, Lewis Moody. Good. I like that. Mudos. Yeah. He, um, I really enjoyed playing with him, mate. He, uh, you know, he allowed me to thrive in what I was good at and I allowed him, I think we complimented each other well. And there was a number of games, you know, I think especially against Australia when he was just in Quade Cooper's face in, you know, Bernard Foley's face, whoever was there. And, you know, you asked him to do a job, he did it. And I tell you, that guy had no respect for his body whatsoever. Absolutely no regard whatsoever. Diving on loose balls. Mad dog, mad dog. I mean, mean, you remember, mate, I mean, he, he won that game against South Africa didn't he for you boys in the pool stage um, in 03 and you know I thought that sort of typifies him um, at six I've gone with my old club mates I played with them a long time and again really enjoyed playing with Chris Robshaw captain okay. of England for a long time okay not the greatest um, World Cup sort of um, for him 2015 but bounced back really well didn't he and won the Grand Slam the following year and uh, mate outstanding professional outstanding yeah. player outstanding captain um, second rows. Second rows. I've gone again. I had Benny Kay um, at the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, class player, class operator. You know, played in two World Cup finals. But I've gone with Courtney Laws. All right, interesting. I've gone yeah. with Courtney. Played played more with him. Courts, yeah. and you know, really when he was coming through. Um, and then when he was maturing and devastating, devastating defence, obviously does the line-out stuff, second to none. Yeah. Um, I've picked him in a lock. And probably the best forward I've played with, Simon Shaw. Uh, yeah. Shawsy, obviously you've gone with Jono and I can't dispute that, but I've never ever well, played Jono. <laughs> I've never played with Jono, right? Oh, right so, that's fine. But, okay. but that's just right. unfortunate. And Shawsy, well, if it wasn't for Jono, probably would have, he'd that, probably have the world record of caps, wouldn't he? Exactly, but, yeah. Even exactly. now, he'd probably be ahead of Alan Wynne Jones. But uh, yeah. look, Shawsy, big, big man, skillful man, um, fit man, athletic. You know, he was he was just oh, brilliant, was brilliant, front brilliant. Front row, I've gone Sheridan at Loosehead. Oh, big, okay. his big Ted. I mean, yeah. he destroyed enough teams, mate, in his time. Yeah. Um, great carrying option. Uh, Phil Vickery at Tired. Yeah. So, you know, he was much yeah. mod- modern day tired, wasn't he, coming through? Okay. Um, and I did play with Tomo, but he was mainly on the bench to deals um, for most of my my time. But I've gone with a guy, right? And he ain't good. <laughs> it could just because he makes time fly by when he's with you on tour. Mark Regan. Ronnie Regan. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Oh, what a selection. Mate, mate great selection. He just binds the team together, what mate. a selection. Whether you're laughing at him or with him, he binds the team together. And I'll tell I'm, you what, I'm mate, so that World Cup, mate, that, chose, mate, I'm that so World pleased Cup, you chose him. Mate, that World Cup 2007, um, he, he was out of the running with England. He came, came on tour. We, we toured South Africa that year, and he came on tour, and we, we had a real... You know, we couldn't have the Leicester and Wasp boys because they were in Ivan Cup. It was the last time we toured in World Cup year. And yeah. it came out 
you know, he's playing for Bristol and he played well on that tour, got selected in the World Cup and he ended up starting virtually all the games. Um, but from a rugby point of view, best scrummaging hooker. Yeah. Best yeah. scrummaging hooker. Yeah. And best bloke, best bloke off the pitch. Listen, I, 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 I'm really interested. I, I'm surprised because I thought you, I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, of your pack, I have picked three, um, three of the same, right? Okay. So, so we're not far. And I was surprised you gone for Mark Regan because I thought I had Mark Regan and you were going to go Mark Regan out. But actually, an all rounder. You need cr- those guys. You need those yeah, guys. Yeah, to yeah. he's hundred percent. You, know, you need light hearted moments, mate. It can get yeah. You need it. I'll tell you a story about him as well, mate. In, this is actually this is the week of the World Cup final in '07, and uh, I'll never forget it. And me and Mudos, we're doing line out practice, and obviously. You know the intensity's not there. Not, I'm not don't mean it's not there, but you, the intensity drops down the further and further you get into the tournament because obviously yeah. it's been a big build up and it's all about mental preparation now. So we've done our team session. We're off doing lineouts, yeah. and we've done the full lineouts. Bang. Okay, now we're uh, and as we've done lineouts, of course, I'm a jumper. Mudos a jumper. Whoever the jumpers are, they've taken off and they're they're waterproof. And we got a waterproof on because it was just drizzling a little bit. Yeah. And before the session started, anyway, you get this stickum to hand around, all right? You know, the stickum spray, the resin spray. spray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it helps you catch the ball, but it also helps line out jumpers when they stick it on their pads on the, around their knees, around their thighs, right, for extra grip. And at the same time, because this World Cup was in France, Barney Kenny, you know, Barney, the physio, yeah, no, yeah. was handing around insect repellent, right, in a similar canister. Insect repellent, insect repellent. So I had I had the stick and spray and I was just spraying my legs, spraying spray my hands, spraying my legs. And Ronnie sort of as we're putting our boots on, so we're all sort of sat down in a in, in a melee. And Ronnie goes, Oi, Minnie, can you parse us the uh, insect repellent, please? I said so I sort of thought, I said, just withheld my tongue. I was just going, I'm not gonna tell him here. Chucked, so, chucked in the insect roots, chucked in the, uh, the He didn't stick. put it all over his head, did he? Hey, mate, he did. So he went, right, cheers, mate took it, sprayed all up his hands, all up his arms, all on his face, and then he, and he goes, oh, this, this doesn't feel right, this, this isn't very moist. Puts his hands on his face, oh, oh, oh bam, bam, you got me there, you got me there, I'm going to get you back like that. He took it quite well, to be fair. Anyway, the lads <laughs> so then I go back, sorry, so then we do our team run as a team, 20 minutes, then we go and do a line-out session. So we're down to five-man line-outs, and he's, he's throwing them in. Yeah, you know, hitting his jumper. Me and Moodos around the bat line, you know, receiving the ball off nine because, you know, we're obviously part of the play for that game. And he subbed him with George Shooter, the hooker. And as he sort of like let George, you know, throw the next five or whatever it is, a few specks of rain have come down. So my waterproof bottoms are sta- uh, uh, on the floor around where he's standing. So he's gone to put them on, right? But not on his legs. He thought it was a waterproof top, right? <laughs> oh, I've heard this, yeah. And he thought this is a waterproof top. So I've nudged Moodos, and me and Moodos always piss ourselves whenever we speak about this. So nudged Moodos, said, Moodos, watch this, watch this. And he's done some stupid things on this trip. Yeah. So that's weeks in now, so we know what's coming. Have a look at this. So he's gone, oh, so he's got it. Put his arm through one leg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's too long. But Ronnie being Ronnie thinks, ah, well, maybe it'll even out. Maybe it'll even out with my arm through the other one, and then it'll actually fit me. So he's, so he's not even realised this. Puts his arm through the other one, still a little bit long, and he thinks, 
and I don't know what he's thinking because there's not much there, but I'm, I'm presuming he's thinking, well, maybe he'll even have put it over my head. Oh, so he has realised it, puts it over his head. <laughs> Every now has realised what's going on. Absolutely in stitches, falling on the floor in laughter. And he can't get it off because he's got the sticker <laughs> on his face from earlier <laughs> And he's walking around with my, my waterproof bottoms on his head, trying to take them off. But uh, do, what do a remember, character. Oh, well, do you remember the ring? Fortunately, it had a knock-on effect because I think that was the Thursday before the final. And for anyone to watch that game, Victor Matfield dominated our line out. And uh, <laughs> as they say, mate, preparation. Uh, it's your fault. Preparation. It's your fault. My favourite Ronnie story, just I'll be very quick on you know you know the ring game wherever I mean it's stupid you know you put the ring out like that and if someone sees it you get to hit them I mean what stupid game right yeah, yeah. so I'm going I'm, I'm on the I'm on the toilet just before I think we're playing Australia at home at Twickenham and I'm I'm I'm, I'm go, going for my fifth toilet you know get nervous go to the toilet and Mark Regan follows me into the toilet next to me right he's doing a shit or whatever he wipes his ass okay with a big <laughs> piece of shit on it and then puts his puts his hand through right with a hold in the toilet paper with a big piece of shit and goes ear babs you must have looked so when i came out he smashed me a few times i was like mark we're about to play australia what the fuck what are you thinking mate but he was a real character that's, so why, we got got him in the that's why we got him in so his so um um uh, i'm gonna give you my pack um so my pack well, I've got three of yours actually, which is quite interesting. I didn't okay, think go with yours. Go with yours. Okay, I've got Jason Leonard as Tyler, oh, yeah, as, as, as uh, Lou said, sorry. And I've got uh, Mark Regan, as we said at Hooker. You know, that's an inspired choke. I thought, I thought you'd argue with me on that one. I've got Phil Vickery actually, is the other one at tight head. My second row is Martin Johnson, quite an obvious one. Shame he didn't play with him. But I also had Simon Shaw. Like you, he'd have, he'd have 150 caps. I mean, if it wasn't for Ben K, but he was such a, I think a we dominator. Stick a, we stick them both in there, mate. We stick them both yeah, in there. Yeah, definitely. But in the back row, I've got a back row of Tim Robber in blindside. I've got uh, Richard Hill open side and Dean Richards at eight. Dean, so, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. So, neither of us have gone with a lull then. We've not gone with a yeah, lull. Yeah, we've not gone with a lull. Be, I mean, right, I he'll, be disappointed. Have, he'll be he disappointed. He'll be disappointed. But, you know, that, you know, when we pick our uh, combined team, it'll be interesting. So, I'll do the backs now. So, with the backs, um, obviously, I don't want to spend much time at who I picked at nine, Matt Dawson. Let's move quickly on to uh, ten. <laughs> Johnny Wilkinson, I've got it 10. Sorry, um, you at nine? No, 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 no. Just move on quickly because the, the <laughs> amount of times I sat on the bench, I just don't want to talk about it, really. You're going to select I'm my nine, just... aren't you? <laughs> um, okay, so Johnny Wilkinson, I've got yeah. it 10. Um, so on the wings, it's quite interesting. I mean, I, I fortunately played with a fantastic uh, player, Rory Underwood. Um, you know, a great Brilliant. finisher, Brilliant. big old boy. Now, my centre partnership. Now, I played with Tyndall, I played with Will Greenwood and stuff, but I think the two players for me who stood out in my career, certainly when I started out, and whether they would be relevant now, I don't know, but my centre partnership is Will Carling and Jeremy Guscott. Jeremy Guscott is such a glider, great, great player who could, we saw him in the lines, he can, he, you know, he can drop goal, obviously, but he's also, he had such pace, he was such a finisher. Again, you talk about nowadays who you might have picked. I'm guessing Manu Tulangi might be in there. But why don't you wait? Why don't you wait? Okay, we'll wait. Okay. And then, Play and the then, 
My other winger is um, is Ben Cohen. Yeah. Uh, great finisher. Uh, very powerful. He's quick. He was powerful. Uh, not maybe not a great defender, but do you need to be as a winger sometimes? And I'm I'm sure we've both got Jason Robinson at fullback. So be interesting. G- give me your lineup. Yeah. So I have I have you went with Carleen Gusket, did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got. I think if I'm right here, two, two of your back line. Um, you've got, I reckon you've got Jason and maybe. I've got, I've got, got Wilco, Wilco, Wilco and Jason there. So yeah. 10 and 15. Yeah. Um, on the wings, I've gone with Anthony Watson. Okay. And I've also gone with, I'll tell you, Mike Brown was close for fullback and Jason Robinson shifting to the wing. Yeah, um, that's not Brown. That Played a lot of games with Brown, you know, at Quinns and, uh, you know, a few with England as well. And what a competitor yeah. that guy is. But yeah. I've gone with a guy for, look, obviously he's a class player, quality player as well. But yeah. again, you need these guys in a team to keep the sp- team morale, the spirit, and just add a little bit of something different, okay, when okay. you're on these long tours. Hurry up, these- shut up. Shut okay, up. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Paul Sackey. Paul, Paul Sackey on the wing. All right. I've gone with him. What okay. a character he was. And I'll tell you what, mate, he um, he performed. He performed. When, when, okay, he didn't get that many caps for England, um, but yeah. I played most of his games uh, with him and uh, he, he, he turned it on when he had to he turned it on um, good defender as well yeah. um, centre okay, I'm sorry number nine yeah my old mate Danny Kerr oh yeah that's a good one yeah, Danny great relationship yeah. with him. quality player what yeah. a talent done done should still he's be selected let's, let's not move on done he's selected that's, that's it, that, that. so <laughs> centre centre yeah, mate centre. I, I back my centre partnership over yours the balance is there go on Go on. And to be honest, neither of us have got a good kicker in our centre partnership, by the way. Okay. I've gone with Will Greenwood and Manu Tuolangi. Will Greenwood. Now that oh. is balance. So Manu at inside. You've got Manu inside. No, outside. Manu outside. Manu outside. Manu. Okay, so. Oh. Balance there, mate. You've got the silky skills of Greenwood. Put you in the space. Run so off. We, so so the, only, the only ones really. Let's also remember. That Wilco played better with a playmaking 12, a cat or a Greenwood or a Gitto. Okay. Someone to talk to him and communicate. Would Will Carlin or Guskett do that as well as Greenwood? Well, it's different eras. Yeah, I think they I think they well, were. That's, that's the whole point of this debate, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It is very interesting. It's just you know, what would they have been like in in the current era? It's quite hard to imagine. How many times? How many times? Oh, I suppose it did, didn't they? But uh, I think I think Manu brings a great balance, mate. There as well, great balance. You've got yeah. you've got, you've got your. Yeah. I mean, he's quick, he's skillful, but we know it's his power. Uh, well, let's, well he, let's, now we're now we're let's actually combine select the backs. Okay, so we're we're agreed on Danny Care <laughs> taking uh, my, my okay, nine and ten. Nine and ten, we know what. Nine, nine and ten, we're fine. All right, now so. I think we can both agree that that fullback is Jason Robinson. Yeah. yeah, so that's fine. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Paul Saki is. It, it's not necessarily the best team you picked. It's your favourite player you've picked there. So I think we can hey, both I've agree him for the group morale, pal. I the think I morale. think he will give do, another twenty. No, 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 no. Do, do we go? Do, all right. So I've got Rory Underwood and Ben Cohen. You've got Saki and Watson. Yeah. So let's have a compromise. I, I'll. I, I, let's say. Let's say oh. it's tough, mate. Because Ben, to be fair to Ben Go, mate, around the time you played, yeah, it, for a couple of years, he was the best winger in the world, wasn't he? And yeah, well, let's go Ben Cohen and Watson then. Uh, Rory misses out a little bit, maybe. 
I don't know why, but he does. <laughs> yeah, say, look, I mean, look, Rory Underwood is, is a legend of the game. Is he? Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to take your two wingers, mate. In all fairness, okay. Take my two Anthony wingers. Watson has probably still got his best years ahead of him. Yes. Okay. So let's have Rory Underwood, Ben Cohen on the wings, and I'll, I'll, I'll concede. I still think, personally. And I'd be interested in what the public think. I would have had Carling and Gus Scott, but you've gone for Greenwood and Tuolangi, Manu Tuolangi. So let's agree that as selectors. So it's Will Greenwood, Manu Tuolangi, Ben Cohen, Rory Underwood, Jason Robinson, Danny Kerr, Johnny Wilkinson. All right. Players to miss out are Matt Dawson, um, uh, Carling and Gus Scott. So let's see what people... So in the pack, well, we could be here all day, uh, but the front row... I know you've got Sheridan there. I've got Jason Leonard there. I still want to stick with Jason Leonard. I think Sheridan, you know, he was he, he was very, very powerful, but injured quite a lot. I know he could double up uh, even in the second row. Uh, but I think Phil Vickery, Mark Regan, uh, <laughs> Phil Vickery, Mark Regan, <laughs> he's made it. And Jason Leonard. So can we agree on Jason Leonard on my... I'll go. I'll go. Mate, he's a Quinns man, he, Jason. Okay, so, so we've got Jason... Jason, Mark Regan, Phil Vick. So the second row, um, we both agree on Simon Shaw. I, I think Martin Johnson has to take your Courtney Law's place. Yeah, yeah, man, that's fair enough. We said right. that. John, the John back row, the back row, we could be here for so long, and I, I can see you've gone for Billy Vanapola, Lewis Moody, Chris Robshaw. Uh, well, Richard Hill's definitely in there, mate. The best, okay. one of the best players England have ever had. Ever, uh, ever had. If if someone and, said, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ever, ever had him and John, him and jo- him and Jono, mate. Yeah. Him and Jono. Best ever, 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 ever. Someone asked me, said, "Who's the best player you ever played with?" And everyone thinks I would say Johnny Wilkinson, right? And I would, and Johnny Wilkinson might be say probably fourth. My top four would be my number one by a mile. I had him at Southampton's would be Richard Hill. What he could do, he was like hey, a friend. No, he's brilliant, mate. I tell, you what defi- I tell you what defines him is um, the Lions. So, 97, played the first two tests. They won the first two tests. 2001, yeah. he played seven in the first test. They won. They yeah. were winning and then he, they were winning at halftime in the second test. Elbow by Nathan Gray. Yeah. Off, taken out of the series and the Lions were never the same again. Um, there's many examples you can use, like when he came back for the World Cup and for the semi-final and things like that. But uh, the guy was a phenomenal player. Phenomenal. He player. was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. And interesting. I was just. We we should do that at some stage. I'm interested to know your top five ever players. Johnny Wilkinson, I think, comes in at fourth at the moment because I'd have Richard Hill, Martin Johnson, Jason Robertson. Anyway, let's just carry on with this pack. So the back row, we could be here all day. I, I'm. I'm. I feel. I mean. Oh, God, I mean Neil Back was a scavenger, but who have you got? Who so Richard Hill's our seven, isn't he? Richard so Hill. I've got, I've got, I've got Tim Robber, yeah. Richard Richard Hill, and uh, Dean Richards. Okay, look, all all quality players, but for the sake of time, let's have a compromise. I'll go for, I'll take your Rodber over Rob Shaw. Hard man will give us line out presence as well. If we're going with yeah. short Jono in the second row, yeah. not great athleticism there compared to the yeah. very, very best. Good, but not great. Yeah. Uh, but we know what else they bring. And then we'll take Billy Vanapola for Dean Richards at eight. Really? I love, mate, Dino, hero of mine. Yeah. But we're just compromising for time, mate. He's so but like you, though, mate, isn't he? He's mate, so like you, though. Dean Richards is just so like you. Mate, like the bear. Model, model, like model, model my game on him. 
Yeah. I'm not picking him just for the sake of... Okay. All right. Well, I believe in the puzzle. Let's see what people think. Uh, we're only the only changes. Really, I suppose the back row. You you've conceded with Tim Rob. I'll be really interested in what the public think about uh, us picking Tim Robber there. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. He, he was a, he was a cracking player uh, ahead of his time. Happy line. He, he went on. A, he did yeah, ninety seven lines. He played at eight then. Actually, he did play at eight then. Yeah. Ninety seven lines. So. Uh... Right. So let's let's see what people think. Um, we're now lucky to have a uh, rugby legend in both union and league, Sean Edwards. So, Sean, I can't quite see you. I can hear you, but I yeah. don't know whether that's a good Hello, thing. Hello, Sean, mate. I'm probably not laughing, well. actually, for you at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> Why, have, you, have you grown your hair, Sean? Have you yeah. grown your hair? Yeah, I've got the old comb back, pull forward. Uh, good man, good man. What, what, I mean, look. Where are you in lockdown? Are you are you back in in London? Uh, are you no, out I was, France? Well, I was in France for six seven weeks. Um, my family had, uh, dashed out there before the uh, lockdown uh, was put in place. Uh, it was like a real rush for them, and basically they came out with about two two sets of claws, uh, <laughs> which was because you know there was no there was hardly any flights. And uh, anyway, they got there, and so we just came back last week to sort out the flat but more importantly to help my mum and dad out really because yeah. my mum and dad are very high risk my, particularly my mother she's been sick for um, a good year now and to try to sort out the lines of support shopping washing you know cleaning etc uh, for, for, for my parents that was that was the number one reason I, had to, I returned and uh, the other one was to to get our stuff and pack out to actually go back to France for good really yeah, I mean, I think most people, if the penny hasn't dropped, realise how how important family is during this lockdown. It's one of the silver lines, isn't it? And speaking of family, um, have you been doing much French homeschooling, Sean? Because, you know, I've been missing your interviews, mate. I've been missing your sort of yeah. Del Boy um, type interviews and uh, seeing how your French lessons are going and the progression in terms of the language. How has it been out there for you? Uh, you know, I mean, everyone knows that. Most people in France speak English. A lot of them speak English, but I think it's only respectful for me, you know, to the to the French people and the and the team, the keep de France, is to try to speak some French. So I can speak the rugby chat, probably have a long conversation. No, I couldn't because it's very difficult to learn to listen because a bit like England, people have different dialects from different yeah. parts of France, etc. So is it difficult? Of course it is. Yeah. Um, but as I said, most of the lads, they do speak some English. But when I'm coaching or doing my presentations, you know, it, it takes me a long time to prepare it, a lot longer than it would do in English. But I try to do them in French. Wow, that's absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, firstly, congratulations on you've obviously had a fantastic career with Wales. But now, you know, the DNA of the French team had uh, Sean Edwards written all over it. And we were we were effectively every week lauding the the change in character. And, and, it, and, it, and you can say uh, it's not necessarily all down to you, but we feel it is. I mean, you've brought something extra to that French team, which was desperately needed for a long time. I know they were successful in the other 20s uh, World Cup and they had the, the people there. But when, for some reason, when they got to the senior cap internationally, it looked like a group of individuals, all very talented, all very good when they play for their clubs. But bringing them together and actually getting 
some any sort of discipline, any sort of consistency. And so you must be really, really pleased about how they've reacted to your coaching in a short space of time. Um, I wish we'd uh, won the last match against Scotland. I would have been even more happier then. But <laughs> it just shows that it's very, very difficult at the moment to to win a game with 14 players. Even if you get people simbined, it's it's incredibly hard to win games with 14 players. And I think the penny will drop now with them because, you know, obviously lost in the World Cup quarter-final when they had someone sent off. We've probably had more people simbined than other people, other, other teams. But what I've been pleased about is we've definitely showed some grit. Yeah. Grit, determination. We've, we've been defending. We've probably done more tackling than any other... Uh, team in the competition. Wow! I know a goal line defence. I think brilliant. Showed a bit of grit, hasn't it? Showed a bit. Yeah. Of, I mean, against against England, it. England and Wales, it was astonishing. Quite astonishing. Yeah, and, uh, and and you know, I mean, I've never been there before. I've never coached French players before, but all I can say is, I've been impressed with them so far. I've been impressed with them. Yeah, I know you're doing defence, but you're also doing uh, what other stuff? Are you doing breakdown work? Are you doing uh, sort of patterns, or what else other than just defence? Well, I, I mainly concentrate on the defence, obviously, because yeah. that's my primary job. And and sometimes, if if you um, if you take your take the eye off it a little bit, it's always the defence which will suffer in coaching. Mm, yeah, always the defence. If you fancy doing a bit of attack as well, and Let's be honest, it's, it's a lot more exciting doing attack than yeah. doing defence. And you can just take your eye off it if you don't watch it. One thing I have helped with, or contributed towards, with uh, with my mate Flocky, who's a South African lad, who's with us, is the, is the fact that you have to kick the ball to actually win the game of rugby consistently. Mm. Yeah. It's all right having uh, you know, this idea of playing fantastic running rugby all time. And at times, you do want to obviously play with the ball in hand from turnovers in your own half, etc. But just the fact that you have to have a constructive kicking game as well if you want to win games consistently. You might win one game with a couple of trials from your own half or whatever, but to win consistently, you have to have a constructive and creative kicking game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's been a big, big plus for, as far as England are concerned in the last few years is they just don't give many opportunities to the opposition and, and don't don't feel under pressure for many periods of the game, do they, through that? Look, and um, the, England kicked a score. Yeah, they do. They, they've got a fabulous variety there. Sean, you've been, you know, you're an absolute legend of, of both codes in the game, and um, but particularly in Union, you have been coached very successfully at Watts at the club level and clearly international level now and with Wales. We were debating earlier on the programme. I'd be absolutely fascinated to hear, you know, your thoughts. And there's a lot of chat now going around with Bill Beaumont, you know, having retained um, the, the, the sort of um, chairmanship of uh, um, uh, World Rugby about yeah. changes to the game. Now, I'd like to congratulate Bill on that. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's done, he's done well. Now, I'm... <sighs> Kieran sort of called me a little bit of a purist and old school. I don't feel old school. I always think things might need tinkering, but we constantly discuss change and change and change in rugby more than any other sport I feel. But from your point of view, you know, what's good in the game at the moment, what needs to stay and what, what does need changing? And this could, you know, this is a variety of things, whether it be laws, whether it be global calendar or well, you know, whatever's been muted I, around. I, I'm but, not, I'm not a, an administrator. I'm a coach. No. Okay. 
So I'd leave the... Personally, I wouldn't go to a summer season because, personally, I think the winters are unbelievably long. It's, you know, my dad's a rugby league fan, always has been. And <coughs> for him, the winters are incredibly long with, with no Super League, you know, with, with the Super League yeah. in the summer. But, obviously, um, personally, I would stay as it is. Um, I wouldn't make too many changes in the calendar, etc. Um so let's talk about what I really do know a little bit about, which is on the pitch. For me, the biggest thing I would, I would, um, it's not a law change. It's just actually um, making the law work, which is to stop people double latching continually when they're near trial land. Yes, where yes. There's no contest for the ball whatsoever. Two people latch on, flop straight over the top of the guy with the ball, and you hardly ever see teams when they get near the trial line play off 10 anymore no. because of this double latching. And it's against the law because it's almost like a flying wedge. Um, so, to me, that's one of the first things I would, I would get rid of. And actually, someone said to me about the 40-20, what they're doing with the league, or they may be 50-20 or whatever. But I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Because, yeah, because, yeah it's not all about helping the defence for me, but about having creative kicking game as we spoke about England have an unbelievably creative kicking game and also I think it will encourage teams to kick off 10 more as opposed to keep doing box kicks off 9 which obviously take about 10 to 15 seconds to set up yeah well the, the rest yeah. can probably help with that can't they by just telling them to use it within 3 seconds and yeah. that's well, it but it's not been really refereed. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think Sean is quite interesting, though. Uh, if you listen to Billy Beaumont as well, one of the things that he's been quite critical about, he feels that um, a lot of international teams and professional teams, you know, rely heavily on defence. Lots of different defensive systems. And you were the first innovator when you came to Wasp when you used to do the the out to win defence, the uh, the rush defence, and we didn't know what hit us. It took us probably two years to cope with it. But he did say that he was looking at sort of like reducing the amount of substitutions come on. He feels like the game has become far too too physical and the guys are getting bigger and stronger and it's all about collision. So it'd be interesting, do you think, you know, there's time for well, a change? I think the game's he... always been about collisions. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if you go back 100 years, I'm sure they were, they were saying the same thing 100 years ago. But <laughs> um, I maybe kind of agree with the substitution thing yeah. because... Um, the game is about a small man taking, obviously, at early doors, the big men, the dominant players. And we kind of lost the way because you can replace over half your team. You can play 55% of your team in the game, which is a lot of... Uh, it's a huge percentage, isn't it? There's only 45% of the players actually play 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I would be, I would be, you know, if obviously safety because of the tight-head, loose-head sort of situation... I, I, I would think that would be a decent idea because the players would then have to train to play 80 minutes, mm. which, which you know, maybe some, uh, which I think is a good idea. Um, and what was the other thing you mentioned? Oh, the only thing I, I, I actually say about is, what about defensive? There's never been more points scored in the game of rugby union than there yeah. is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Never. Exactly. You know, yeah. you look back at... Uh, in the 80s and 70s, you see 9-6. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was playing. That's what yeah. I was playing. <laughs> no, never, you're all right. There's many yeah. points scored as there yeah. is in rugby union at the moment. And yeah. I just don't think you should also make the point of don't devalue 
how hard it is to get a try. Yeah, 100%. The rare, the rarity of it is the beauty of it, isn't it? You don't want it. It's like twenty twenty cricket now. Sixes all the time. It actually isn't an achievement to hit a six, and you, as you say, you don't want to devalue it. Sean, um, brilliant. Even talk in my to you. time in rugby union, which has been what now eighteen years. Yeah. You know, when when Wales only conceded two tries in the Six Nations, it's pretty unheard of now. It is, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Sean, I've got a question for you. I wonder how easy this will be to answer. Who is the best player you have coached? I mean, that's a very difficult difficult one to answer because <laughs> I, I, just, I can't see how you can compare a tight head prop to what a winger does. You You've stumped me there, man. I can't really come back with top, anything. Top three, play, top three players. Top three players. Come uh, on. The most inspirational and influential would be Lawrence. Yeah, as a captain. Yeah, um, probably the best athlete would be Alan Wynne Jones. Wow, brilliant! He's, you know, he's got such speed, power, and everything, and, and obviously great leadership as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, and the cleverest player. Who's the cleverest player? Um, I'll tell you That's, what, the maddest yeah. player, <laughs> yeah. Mike Phillips. Mike Phillips. Oh, is that, that's on and off the pitch I take it sure <laughs> yeah. um, intelligence rugby intelligence I, I like that uh, I think Stephen Jones wrote a book saying uh, thinking man's game and um, yeah. I think rugby's is a thinking man's game players like Alex King I suppose uh, yeah was, great. a great yeah. thinker of the, about the game etc um, I'll, I'll have to uh, so listen, there's, there's, a, there's a great, there's a great name. Just, just lastly to finish up, um, just uh, can can this France team? And the great thing is, you have got the World Cup at home, 2023. Can you? Yeah, well, sometimes you've got to make sure that's not that's you turn that into a blessing and not a curse. No, no, absolutely. To have that because I, it, I, it can it can become a curse as well. Absolutely. Well, well like England found out in 2015. Can you, you win the World? You can't let it become. Can we, can you listen? Are you gonna are you gonna win the World Cup with France, and then after that, are you gonna come back and coach England <laughs> like we all want? Yeah. Well, I live I live in Chiswick. That's all I can say. So it's nice <laughs> <to> <laughs> you won't spend you won't spend half as long in your presentations as well, probably. <laughs> no. All right, boys. Cheers, right, Sean. Stuff. Really appreciate Thanks it. Good time. man. Take care, mate, and stay safe. Thanks, boys. Cheers, lads. Rocket with Kieran Bracken and Nick Easter. The brand new rugby podcast. And to finish off the show, we've got Kelly Brown on the line, who's going to sing us a song to see out the show. So the music sort of came about really because um, last week we had Nicky Little on, and yeah. um, basically he just finished. He just finished off our program, mm. and um, I mentioned you, and I said, oh, "I've got, I've got a great singer because you sang at my." at my Rugby Legends dinner at, uh, at Twickenham, which was amazing. Well, you were brilliant. You were absolutely brilliant. Oh, thanks. Uh, it was good fun. I did enjoy it. Yeah, you love you love your singing. It's just you need to go on one of those shows, I don't know, like X Factor. Have you applied for anything like that? Um, no. no, 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 I've never applied. I need to go on one of those. I think I need to get a lot better. I think I can blag it. Yeah. Full of rugby people, I can blag it. But if there's actual professional singers, I think it's sort of more of an issue. Ah oh, no, mate, no, mate, you were good. So let's. So what? What song have you chosen, or what? You know, what sort of lines of a song have you chosen to finish off our? Well, 
what do you think? So I've got a few options. Go on. Okay, a few options. Yeah. So I thought I could obviously go the obviously go the stereotypical Scotsman and do five hundred miles <laughs> with the lockdown. Yeah, uh, with the lockdown. Uh, Sweet Caroline. Yeah, that's uh, good. Good one. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, okay. Yeah. What else? Uh, or um, somewhere over the rainbow, but it's the one done by that Israel Kamakawoli. Ah, yeah, I like that one. I like that one. What do you? What do you want? Do you want to finish? What What song would you want? Uh, I don't mind. What's your, what's your favorite? What's your favorite? What about the five hundred miles? Because that's been out there a lot. Because when people are asked. What you know? What uh, you know? What exercise you can do? And people tweeting, "Oh, I'm going to do 500 mile walk." <laughs> I don't know. Or yeah. Caroline's good. It's between you decide either Caroline, Sweet Caroline, or uh, 500 miles. Well, I'll do the I'll do the Scottish one. All right. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. So talented, mate. Honestly, I wish I could do what you could do. You're a great rugby player, but you've got a new career, mate. It'd be so nice to be able to walk 500 miles, but it's a lot of laps of the garden right now. So maybe at some point. Yeah, mate. Listen, I really appreciate it. And uh, when we're all out of lockdown and playing rugby, we'll have you back on and uh, we'll get Sweet Carolina out there and stuff. So I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I, I was going to join in a little bit as a backing singer, but I can't say I'm terrible. I'll be all over the place. But thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Oh, no problem at all. Uh, and all the best and stay safe. Rocket, Kieran Bracken, Nick Easter, the brand new rugby podcast. You've been listening to Rocket with me, Kieran Bracken, and Nick Easter. Don't forget to listen, subscribe, and review on your favourite podcast platform. Cheers. <laughs>